Welcome to the Weather of the Mind podcast. I'm your host, Doug Krish. Good day to you. Today, we're continuing our conversation with Craig Roberts. We're talking about lessons learned from cooperative living. And I think you'll find there are a lot of good lessons here for all of us in our living situations, how to make our lives a little bit more, perhaps a little bit more social, if that's what we're looking for, a little more ritualized, a little more, ah, we'll see what we get into. And uh, without further ado, let's jump into this conversation with Craig Roberts. So do you think these co-ops are usually for college students or people in their 20s? Now we have a lot more people who are just single individual actors in their 30s and 40s and Mm. 50s and 60s and 70s and 80s. Is cooperative living, and I think we're seeing some elements being rebuilt into some older person's homes and communities like there are cooperative elements there's dining halls and whatnot so i'm I'm trying to think about like well what else we can learn from our cooperative experience when we think about society as a whole i always think about if we can just get people to just we have this one place in town here called loaves and fishes which is like a people like 120 people come and have dinner but Mm. it's a free it's it's you know it's a free meal okay so free meal has a stigma i almost thought thought we had a place that was just like a big dining hall that was like just like three yeah, or four bucks. Right. And just had a very simple meal. Maybe people would. Yeah. I'm always trying to think of how to get people to eat together more often. That's a really good point. You how know? to get people to eat together more often. Because it just, so many emerging property. The, the, yeah. The laughter, you know, everything. Yeah, it's there's sacred. something special. I agree. It's like that to me is like along with fire. Like those two things are just, for, you know, really sacred. Fire and communal meals, yeah. Yeah. How do you do it? How do you get people to eat together? Invite people over, be welcoming in your home. You know, that's a good thing you could do. Yeah. Whenever you have the chance. Well, the thing is, it's we built a society that's based around the individual, but there are some efficiencies and there's tremendous inefficiencies with that. When it comes to food production and certainly in cooking a meal, like, again, I, I like having people over to eat because it's it's like it's fun and it's no extra work. Mm-hmm. Like cooking for one person versus three or four for me is sure. is essentially the same. Right. Cooking, you know, and it's not that much even if it was seven or eight. Right. A little bit more, but not that much. You're still in the kitchen for almost mm-hmm. the same amount of time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So just it's way more efficient to cook for more people. Yeah. And we, and we see people who, like a lot of times I talk about cooking and I'm, I, I, I love cooking. But people say, I, I just hate cooking. They don't like, some people I think makes them feel very alone Mm -hmm. very lonely when they cook Mm -hmm. and eat alone so instead they just get some quick takeout or they eat out and again financially and health wise there's Mm -hmm. a lot of uh, Mm -hmm. it's better to be cooking at home Mm -hmm. right for us right right financially and health wise generally yeah so there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of room for uh, innovation in human social systems right, in a way around right. food, and it's a way we're just getting back to the roots again because we, we grew up in, in clans and around fires sure, and sharing sure. meals. I wonder if you could have like communal kitchens. What if you had like an apartment complex, which is kind of like this, right. kind of like this. Imagine like a modernized version of what you have right here. It's kind of what you have. It's like you share you, the kitchen you space. Share the and kitchen, you share the kitchen. You still have your own private space. You could even have it with your own kitchenette or something too, or at least have like a dining area that everybody, like a good dining area, a good shared dining area. I don't know how you could make that work. A lot of it, I think, would come down to architecture. Another thing I want to talk about, I like talking about good design. I think we had a great design on our, maybe our the best party in the Broderick House that I was a part of. That was the one where oh, we right. fundraised. Okay, yeah. we had this party that was a fundraiser for this like AIDS bike ride that a few of our house members were going on. So we wanted to raise money. 
which is cool. I don't know. It maybe gives a mission behind the party. Mm-hmm. But the best part of it is we charged people to come in and then gave them like tickets as fake currency. So we created this base. You come in for like 10 bucks. You get like 10 tickets. And you could like buy. You like, these, there was like all these like little carnival things going on where like you could use your right. tickets and exchange them for like favors or this yeah. and that. I know like the idea of having a kissing the booth. kissing booth was a hit. With tickets. That just like instigated so much, you know, yeah. chicanery, oh, you know. Man. I mean, but it was. So much, but it worked, yeah. you know. People loved it. And like. I, I want. I have this dream of having a party again where there's a currency. I think sure. people like like having a fake currency because sure. it's, it's like it's a, you're in an alternate world, you know. Because currency is a, is a creation we've made. You know, it's mm-hmm. like when you go to Europe, you're like, what is this weird currency or mm-hmm. someplace? Uh, you know. But at a party, you can do the same thing. Have this fake currency and people, back rides. That was another people one. People just get into all kinds of yeah. ridiculous stuff. Like <laughs> the level of interact. You know, what I mean? it instigated so much unusual interaction that doesn't happen. Like. If you just put the music on and have like a keg, like the party just goes the same as always. Right, right. But if you kind of just throw a few tweaks in there. Yeah. Yeah, that one was legendary. People still talk about it. (laughs) I think Pally, my wife, was there. Oh my God, that's that's awesome. (laughs) Even though I didn't know her at the time. How has it affected you as a parent or as as someone who helps run a household with your wife? Well, I'm very into like division of labor, that's for sure. And having like set responsibilities. Like Ah. just make make clear what you're expecting expectations are it was really easy for me to do my chore if I knew specifically what was expected of me and when it was due and so I try to make that real clear in our house who does what what when is it done like every night like one of the rules is every single dirty dish in the entire house has to be clean good has to every day yeah so again like laying down a few it's like it's again it's committing to a few rules it's like committing Mm. to this shared law like you know, it's like sometimes people are like, oh, I don't want to have any rules or law. I want to be totally free. But it's like a few of these rules and laws just help things just work better. Sure. It's like It's like you've been saying all, we've been hanging out for the last few days and you've been saying stress comes from decision making. Like yes. everyone debating this. Oh, yes. should, I do the dish- should I do the dishes now yes. or should I do the dishes in the morning? So oh, true. tomorrow I have to go to work early. Yeah. Oh. And all of a sudden you're having a five minute conversation. Yeah. If you're like, the dishes are done before you go to sleep, you get in there and you, you just them. clean them. Exactly. You, know? you just know that's where you're going. Yeah, it's, it's how knowing what to do is always so much harder than doing something strenuous in a way. Like making the decision almost worse half the time. Figuring out what you want to do with your life is harder than actually doing. So like bowing to the law or bowing to the group is not necessarily... Like people think they're giving up themselves, but many times it can actually free the self. I mean, a lot of people are completely individuals, but if, if you're... A, living on your own and you're dealing with a lot of anxiety or depression you're kind of trapped yeah. in your emotional struggles you I know? agree so yeah if you go to the co-op and you don't have your own bathroom and you don't have your own kitchen but you're, you're like eating and laughing with people four nights a week and all of a sudden if you want to hang out people, there's, a, there's a community mm-hmm. you have you basically it's basically we had an extended family in the city right yeah and that's really important you get injured and like someone can take you to the hospital or something yeah. like that like you know or it's like I want to go to the bar tonight with somebody yeah, hey is anybody exactly. around oh yeah okay people are around exactly you know? share Give ideas. A, give you a little of a, yeah. po- a little bit of a posse. Mind expanding. Yeah. Mind expanding. I've I've like hung out at some of the co-ops at Cornell over the years. I lived with them during the summertime, but they weren't fully functioning. And they kind of did a similar thing. And they were like somewhere between fifteen to twenty-five people, mm-hmm. which is a whole different social beast mm-hmm. than eight. Yeah. That's an interesting conversation. What's the, the what, there's different pros and cons of different levels yeah. of participation yeah. you know a four person co-op which is almost as yeah. small as you can go really right. to call it a co-op. it's like a family yeah eight is kind of like a, a big family small right. posse yeah once you get to like 15 and 25 you start you're gonna start having a little bit of clicking and right. like a little bit of smaller posses just 
You see yeah. Nate, you know, if you have a, a co-op of 100 people, it's not like they're all going to hang out oh together. Oh, my God. Is it's it going to be like completely different seven or eight piece. different like subgroups. Yeah, hang on for the ride kind of co-op. So maybe like the group of friends or the group we find is somewhere between like eight or 12. That's kind of like... Our... I liked living in San Luis Obispo. I lived in a boarding house with 18. 18. Yeah. And that was, I thought, just... About, was it 18 or 14? No, it was 18. Yeah. Yeah, and I thought that was just about right. I think I think if I were to, we do a lot of interviews. I mean, that was like always a process. Like we're having someone over for interviews, you know. Like well, that's the thing. That's why other people didn't like turnover because you had to do a lot of work. It's like oh, I have to interview new people mm-hmm. to move in. So if someone like leaves them two months, they kind of like mm-hmm. screw over the house because right. gives them a lot more work. And you yeah. know, people are busy. But we, I, I think in retrospect, if we can suss out the people who are good compromisers, you know, like again, like if you have so many requirements mm-hmm. that are very strict for yourself. That often creates opportunity for conflict. If yeah, you say, absolutely. I have these strict dietary yeah. needs. I have these strict yeah. noise needs. Exactly. I have these strict... You know, I lived I lived in a house a few years ago, and, and you couldn't go in the kitchen after midnight because the girl above it was, like, so sensitive to sleep. Yeah. It's like... Oh, God. If you have very strict needs... Yeah. That is not going to work it's well. Not. Larger and larger you gotta groups. Be, you got to go with the flow. what if everyone in the group had strict... Yeah. That many strict needs? So I think sussing out the compromisers but we also found there's a lot of deception in the interviews where people would kind of sell themselves mm-hmm. a certain way just like a job because they yeah. want to live in this cool house yeah. cool people and then they right. got there and realized wow you're actually not a compromiser exactly. so exactly uh, you can't you, people come in idealistic sometimes we, we have to design this co-op yeah. test that somehow uh, like for me like I think like I was really big on holding just the mission of our co-op is to share food and to like kind of keep it about the housing we're roommates like not get involved in like a political thing or have like a you know some grand mission or something like that i like to keep it simple and to the point this is a place for shared housing and we open we're welcome to all political beliefs we're welcome to all religions real you know all races whatever it is but to just really keep it about the housing and I think that allows for much more creativity and open-mindedness mm-hmm. and that kind of stuff. And I, there are a lot of houses out there, and I'm, you know, for that, for the person who wants to live there, that may be more a better fit for them. That are much more like mission, political or mission-driven yeah. on something like that. And I think for some of the women who live there, they moved on to another house that was more like that, that. had a real yeah, strict yeah, vision. Yeah, but that's yeah. not my style. No, uh, we tried yeah. to we, we tried to make a co-op that was for people who have never been to co-op before, yeah. but that, that were you know wanted to experience that. Like, yeah, we weren't like it wasn't a radical. Place. It wasn't a radical. It was like place. a mainstream. Yeah, and I've co-op. always said like the thing with cops is it needs to go mainstream. Exactly. This is the kind of thing that you want to go mainstream. So yeah. why keep it all culty? It doesn't yeah. need to be culty. But it's pra- not. It's not weird. It's not funny. It's natural. When you In start w- doing it, you realize it's very natural. This is how people are supposed. to Oh be. yeah, I think we almost made it too mainstream because once. So this we this co-op like thrived from what like two thousand. Four, five to like yeah. 10, 11, right? That's like the 12, right. 13, sure. like the, somewhere in that decade. That's about right. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. Because yeah. I was there 2005 and 12, 13, somewhere in yeah. there. Yeah. So it might have been more like uh, nine years. So. Yeah. But I feel like part of its undoing was we got people who were so mainstream. Oh, no. We got people who were involved in the... I'm not going to beat around the bush. We got people who were involved in the tech industry who were very busy. And being like very hyper busy and having also maybe a lot of money does not go off cooperative because you want to be a little more deliberate. You want to be like, we're saving some money and we're sharing meals. So I think once, once like the commitment to the meals started collapsing, I think that was like, 
in a weird like way, like sharing the meals is really fundamental. Now we've debated. You said if you were able to co-op, co you'd say only less. have less. I think it caused too much stress. I think uh, we were doing it four days a week. I think it would have been better to do like two, or you know, something, something like two days yeah. a week. I think would be better. Yeah. yeah. So that that's that's probably the if me if you and I were to build a co-op again, that would probably be the biggest debate about the food commitment. I think other than that, I think our visions are similar in terms of numbers. I think. I'd go, I'd be in a, I mean, obviously you have a wife and kid now, you know, we're not going to have a call yeah. again, but theoretically, I like, I like the eight to 20 range, I think population wise, it's yeah. small enough, big enough, Yeah. yeah. you know, and, right, I think it, that is about the right size, but having some shared space, having that shared dining area, yep. having a shared kitchen, having some shared food, just kind of sets a certain vibe in place. Yeah, I think you definitely have to have shared food, and one thing we also said is we didn't say like, you can't have meat in the house. We said, well, we're, well, well the, we were, all the food that we buy collectively will be vegetarian food. Yeah. And vegetarian, not vegan. Vegetarian. Yeah. And, um, but if you want meat, you can have meat. And that's a the, the concept of compromise and accommodation, right? And, that, and that's like and very much... And you need much, to be able to be like yeah. that. If you're very particular about not even having meat touch your pan or you don't want to smell it, I, that environment is going to be really hard to live in unless right. you live in a house that's really the food because the yeah. food is so core there are vegetarian and vegan houses out there that people sure I'm trying to give a one more maybe finish with one more good story or lesson mm. learned um, so strict, many having rules seeing that the devotion to the rules is part of the devotion to the group you know they go hand in hand you know right and when we had when you had personal conflicts that usually were because a rule was not in place yet you had right. problems with people storing a lot of yeah. shit there. Well, a lot of shit, once you learn, you make a mistake once. That's, how you, make, like, that's how you become an expert. And this yeah. is one thing I really, that drove home, and we talked about this once earlier too, but is um, uh, subletting. And as a, now I'm a landlord too. And yeah. I realized that subletting is just such a, most problems, most landlords I know that have had problems with their houses and also the problems we had in the Broderick houses start with subletting. So and it also gets away from that commitment. You got to yeah. be in, you know, you need to commit to the house. And if someone's subletting, you gotta really ask questions. Is this person like a sure thing gonna come yeah, back? Yeah. And we, if you're if you're careful about it, you can make it work. But you gotta be really like the default response has gotta be no. I think we'd have to, um, and I think a lot of jobs need to do this more too. Like you have a lot of turnover in like food service jobs. I think yeah. if they had after a year, you get a bonus, or after a year, you get this big deposit back. Like yeah. if we had that incentive. If we had financial incentives for a year commitment at that house, mm -hmm. that's one thing we would do better next time, right? Yeah. Say, hey, you have to give us like your commitment deposit of like yeah, 800 bucks. Right. And it's like, you get that back after yeah. a year. One thing we had is we did also have an agreement that you would sign that said you're going to do work in the house. Yeah. That you did work, that doing your job, yeah. like you have your chore and you have to do it. I like, feel like that was one yeah. that worked out pretty, I feel like people, and we didn't, we didn't overwhelm people with chores. You cook one meal a week and you yeah. had like one chore, like yeah. I had to clean the bathroom or you had to do, you know, And vacuum. we did specialized chores. Some places do rotation, but I actually like specialized Specialized, you like uh, one you person. so good at it after a while. Yeah, like one of our housemates was really good at making hummus. So like yeah. she didn't clean, I don't think, but she like made hummus for the house every week and it was awesome to have yeah, like hummus yeah. all the time. We're like, all right, that's cool. Yeah. So I feel like the chores stuff works pretty well because we didn't really, it was Yeah, not, we had three shoppers. That was went, the big chore. Yeah. The, see, that chore sucked, people, but they liked that. That's why specialization it. works. Yeah. Right, you're gonna say right, that, right, because those people were so big like, about you and I don't food. want to do that. I'm like, I don't really want to think about but it. But they yeah. love that shit. They loved it. Yeah. yeah, we had Trader Joe's. We had the Rainbow co Organic Co-op. And then we had, um, it wasn't Costco. Uh, oh, no, the Farmer's Market. Yeah. And, and occasionally we Costco, Costco. We did Costco, too. And yeah. actually, to be honest, that chore was like a 
a really big chore. So if, the, if we didn't have people who wanted to do that yeah. chore, like that might have burned people out because that's a lot so, of. That's yeah, a, that's a like some people, some people we never had it. a hard time filling this. I know, I know. There were like a lot of the women were into that. They really wanted yeah. to be involved in, in yeah. picking the food out, mm-hmm. and it was like okay. I like doing kitchen clean because oh, I just yeah. felt good to have a clean kitchen in a in a co-op. I don't want a gross kitchen, you know. So yeah. I was like, I was really picky about it. I want this thing freaking mopped every day and everything. So I just had it like, or not every day. I think it was like once a week or something. But I had it like down. Really Remember that good. poorly designed counter though. Hate that thing. All the grout. Oh, yeah. Oh, it was, it was like, like the most un. Yeah. It was like not flat at all for it's a tabletop all, yeah, and a counter. It was, it was so, like tiles, but they had like. Were you there for the mouse problem? No. Oh god, <laughs> that was bad. Were there debates about how to kill the mouse? Oh my god. Yeah. Oh yeah. That ethical. was a council meeting. Glue <laughs> trap and <laughs> like, BB guns. Like, yeah. Oh my god. I was like. These are enemies in our house. It's blood has been drawn. See, those meetings, <laughs> you see, know what is, I mean. Like, the thing is, people hated house meetings, but I loved them. Yeah. I thought they were fascinating. Like they were like, yeah. it was like very interesting, like intellectual sport. Like a lot local of people politics. were like, no, we have to catch and release. So we compromised and said we're going to try catch and release first and see how it goes. And we also tried cleaning everything up. Like, yeah. so we put all everything from bags. We put it in sealed jars. Right, right, right. That was a huge. It was operation was huge right there. Operation Mouse. But they still weren't going away and so then it was like traps We're, and yep. we killed like 25 of them it was nuts we had like a little uh, we put a little mouse uh-huh. ears on the whiteboard every time one of them died now <laughs> was some were people upset or that everyone would be okay with it in the end that you had to kill them or people were like this is so people sad. got over it they got yeah, over it you know i mean yeah. i mean god bless all the animals in the world i don't <laughs> exactly. want to kill one but if like if they're like in your house and like threatening your health and your food supply yeah. like you gotta draw you gotta protect a castle at oh some point gosh. you know yeah yeah exactly <laughs> And I love the idea of catching these animals and releasing them, but then like, what do you like? Drop it like down the panhandle and just like, like I know they're just gonna go somewhere else and they're gonna look for food and breed and all that kind of stuff. Not really so, solving the problem. Exactly. We're almost done, and I'll we'll wrap up and I'll walk back sure. with you. Um, I think we hit some good themes, though. I think we hit some really good points yeah. today. I think it'd be good to uh, I'll try to write up a little, um, maybe a little document with just a few of the bullet points. How we would design a co-op based on what we've learned, like the five things uh, that like dial these in, sublet. You know, yeah, rule right. of law, oh, yeah. understanding what consensus means, yeah. uh, non-rotating chores perhaps, right. specialization of chores. Mm. There's a few things we hit that worked. I mean, on the whole, I spent a year and a half in that co-op and I, I loved it. It was great. Sure. Like it was, we had, there was a lot of joy and like, yeah, there were hard times, but even those were beautiful. It's like with marriage, right? Hey, like you guys are married. That's a beautiful thing, but you're going to get your ass kicked. You're going to have arguments. You're going to have debates. Like that's what you should tell everyone. Like everyone should know yeah, that, right? Yeah, right. That's what living with other people is, yeah. right? Yeah. So we lived. We lived. We lived. We lived real human life that year and That's a half. Right, you know, man. at least yeah. one version of it. Oh yeah, man. Oh yeah, and yeah, it's just a great way to get to know people and build a community, raise the spirits. It's good. Any other words of wisdom for our listeners? You can just give one of your. Um, you have a lot of uh, Ben Franklinism uh, catchphrases. Ben that you like to Franklin. Sh- oh, it doesn't have to be Ben Franklin. I was. Well, my, my favorite phrase today is a life of leisure and a life of laziness are two things. Ah, so yes. ex- can you expound that for our so, listeners? So, you know, a life of laziness would be taking your free time and eating lots of food, watching a lot of television, scrolling on your cell phone, right? Yeah. Or a life of leisure is, you know, I'm going to go for a bike ride. I'm going to go read, I'm going to read a book. I'm going to paint a painting. Paint a painting. A little more. It's a little more creative. Yeah. Or yeah, a little something like that. So when you have a lot of free time, a little bit of gluttony is okay. Sure. A little bit. Everything. Well, gluttony is not moderation. So 
Mm-hmm. And you think about the virtues, what is it, the seven virtues and the seven sins or yeah. whatever? One of the sins is gluttony, and I think the antithesis to that is moderation. Moderation. Like so a middle gluttony path, isn't just balance. food, it's just excess. 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 And that's, imbalance. Ca- that's a Catholic imbalance. thing. Is the seven yeah. sins yeah. a Catholic thing? Yeah. So the Catholics had some concept that this the Easterners had of moderation. Oh, absolutely. Well. I mean, this makes you sense, know? right? Yeah. And I think our themes from the last few days, certainly I've been saying the pros and cons of all things. That's one of my favorite expressions these days. You know, you always have a bunch of choices and everything has some pros, everything has some cons. There is no utopia. Sure. Let's just do the best we can, get in the trenches and fight, fight a good battle, right? That's right. Embrace the chaos. Oh, that was one we used to like a lot. Yeah, that was one of the (laughs) mantras. Cool, man. Thanks for coming in, brother. Always good. Always good. Thank you very much. Pleasure to be here. Well, there you have it. A great weather of the mind interview. Great episode. Thanks for tuning in. I appreciate all the listeners. Thanks for writing in with suggestions on future shows. That means a lot to me. And they will try to address your desires and your needs. So keep the exchange coming. This is the Weather of the Mind podcast. We're trying to talk about practical approaches to emotional health for ourselves, our family, and our friends. We're all in this together. We're trying to keep positive, keep improving week to week, keep living and learning. Have a great one. Stay hydrated. Bye-bye.